Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Deceptively Fast Podcast. It is Tuesday, a day that I'm going to start calling either Bro Day or Short Attention Span Tuesdays, whichever catches on or some variation of that, because Paul Gallant and I both have short attention spans. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Mine might be brain damage related. Yours, I don't like childhood trauma or so something. So here's the thing. I've actually probably hit my head, not quite to the degree that you have, but I am a huge klutz when it comes to just my head yeah. walking around. I bump my head usually once a day. Oh, oh, that's good. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good rate. Uh, real quick, couple big announcements actually. Um, one big announcement: Michael Lombardi, former GM in the NFL, a longtime scout, and just an interesting guy. A guy that I think ninety percent of the time is really, really smart, and ten percent of the time I want to reach through the radio and scream at him. Uh, and I've told him as much. He's going to be joining us every Thursday. Nice. So uh, I, I really enjoy listening to him, watching him, and I'm going to really, really enjoy getting his perspective. I told him on the phone yesterday. Like when when I was a player, there's so many things that happen in the front office that you're like, what what the hell? Like, what are these guys possibly thinking? What are they doing? And now that I've been out of the league for a while, I've started to realize, like, oh, oh yeah, it wasn't just my narrow little perspective on things. Like GMs have to worry about the whole damn team and five years out and all that stuff. Thankless job, really. I mean, you have to get a quarterback, and if you don't get a quarterback, you could hit on a lot of other good players, and it doesn't fucking matter. Well, as a a baseball player, you get a lot of credit for hitting 300. As a GM, if you hit 300, you're still doing pretty well, but all people care about are the... Mm -hmm. It would be like if a baseball player, like, if fans were consumed... With the fifty percent of their at bats that didn't that didn't result in anything productive. You know, we we've gone in a direction with baseball where slugging percentage is so important, and I've always been just old fashioned. Hey, get on base, slap the ball into the outfield. I'm a big average guy. Not yeah. a lot of people are average guys anymore. So you could hit for three hundred average. That's really good. Yeah. But if you're not hitting a bunch of doubles and home runs, getting the quarterbacks and all that stuff, then you're out of the league really quickly. And for anybody that questions my math, just a few seconds ago, I started thinking about on base percentage instead of the actual all the other stuff and sack flies and all that anyway uh the other the other thing would be just this that i think paul's going to join us every tuesday as long as his schedule allows it we'll we'll work on the name and feel free to tweet at pain nfl at gallant says for suggestions to the tuesday segment but i kind of think of this as like when colin coward would bring our friend nick wright in when nick was first at fox sports and nick was nick was here with us in Houston on the radio. Then he got hired by Fox Sports, but they didn't really have anything for him to do. So Nick was out in L.A. just 
watching sports and listening to podcasts. I'm so jealous. And then like a couple times a week going on Colin Coward, right? Yeah. And I feel like Colin Coward had Nick on because Nick was the younger, woke dude that had a different intellectual spin on things. I think he was on. Nick was there specifically to rid Colin Coward of his racist uh, John Wall positions. <laughs> and now Colin Coward has at least transferred those racist positions onto Baker Mayfield. And, and National Network TV has gone to such talk about basketball you want to have someone that actually knows what the hell they're talking about yeah Colin Coward doesn't Nick is on top of the NBA and when he is not busy kissing every single square inch of LeBron James's body he is really <laughs> on top of it so I uh, like that I like that Nick has gone this route Skip Bayless made a career out of tearing down LeBron I mean like he was already big. Skip Bayless was already big before LeBron. But he but made then a career he really, tearing other people down, too, with right. Troy Aikman in that Dallas Cowboys yeah. book that he wrote. Nick, that- Nick is now kind of making a career of elevating LeBron James, which at times means tearing down Kevin Durant or other people, but mostly it's built around... Just this this unabashed love built for LeBron on love. James. Yeah. It's, it's so pure and so natural <laughs> now that I think about it. I mean... It is interesting, this industry that we're in, because we do tend to be negative, and I I know I get too negative about a lot of stuff. There are a lot of things in life that I actually do enjoy, but I tend, when it comes to this, I don't know what it is, but I think when you talk about it and you watch it all the time, you cease to have the same kind of enjoyment that you maybe did when you were a kid watching sports. You get cynical about things. A little bit. It is weird. It's strange, because if you talk for four hours, inevitably you end up getting negative about stuff. You almost have to focus on staying positive. I don't know what weird element of just human psychology that is that the more you dwell on it and the more mm-hmm. you, I guess you have to produce content for four hours. And I don't, I never feel like I'm at a loss for f- producing content or coming up with different angles or things to say. Like I I would never say something just because I got to say something. Right. But there's something about doing it for four hours that you just naturally get that and way. There, and there will be times where you've talked about something nonstop that Everyone wants to hear about, yeah. And you're just like, man, you exhaust. I'm tired of this. Like, take that's, the, the oh, entire Deflategate yeah, saga. You get tired of it. Yeah, you're just burned out by yeah. it. And 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 look, it's 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 natural. Now, again, our jobs are not jobs. It's no, no, no. Very, it's a very, 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 very cushy, easy job where I have to watch sports. It's not that hard. Yet I bitch about it. I find a way to do it. So Colin Coward brought in Nick Wright. I think by the same tone, I'm not I'm not as old and close to death as Colin Coward is. <laughs> How old is he, by the way? He's not that if old, actually. He feels he acts like a 78 year old in a lot of respects, but I think he's only in his 50s. He's like 51, 52. Yeah, look it up for me. I'm looking it up as as you go. So he would bring in he would bring in Nick Wright, and now Nick Wright obviously has gone on to great things. I'm going to bring you in because you're another younger Syracuse grad. In a lot of ways, you respond me of uh, remind me of a guy I played football with by the name of Mark Banowitz, who was an offensive lineman at Syracuse. Ended up coming to Jacksonville either as a late round draft pick or a college free agent. I can't remember. But Mark was a lot like you in that a lot of people just assumed he was kind of like a bro meathead type. But he was like a Rhodes. He he turned down a Rhodes scholarship to have the opportunity to play in the NFL. He had to choose, and it wasn't much of a choice. He was going to take the NFL. Right. But he was that bright. He had like a 3.98 GPA oh, wow. in college. Well, that's, way better. That's, that's, way, that's way better than me. I, but I appreciate the compliment. But though. you're a bright guy. You're brighter than people realize. Like I realized the first work, week I was working with you, I was like, oh, crap, Paul's like, 
Paul's Paul's making all these historical references and everything that I don't have a clue more, what he's talking about. It's more that about. I'm just a history nerd. I've actually you been watch a lot of history channels. I, I listen to a lot of history podcasts. There's that Dan Carlin podcast. I actually just got on another one, and I've been listening to the conquest of uh, the Aztecs, yeah. and Hernando Cortez, and 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 Montezuma. Oh, it's a crazy story. It, it, yeah, this guy who's narrating it, and honestly, I forget his name. The 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 podcast is titled "History on Fire." The guy's got this. Thick, robust Italian accent, like you can hear. <laughs> it's really thick, and sometimes a little difficult to understand. But I, I cannot put this thing down. I've listened to three parts already. The last two days, I've listened to seven and a half hours of this stuff. I Did can't. you get to the part where Cortez goes in and bamboozles Montezuma? Yes. Oh, th- th- that was my he favorite part. He just marches into what's the capital city there? Tenochtitlan, I think. So I, I he might marches have it wrong. in with all these guys. Yeah. And they've got superior weapons in and, but and th- everything. They're, out, they're outnumbered. But he, but he just walks in. To the, right. the throne room, right? Yeah, and then just much. kills all of Montezuma's bodyguards. So they slowly do it over time, and and they kept on asking for tribute over and over, and the Aztecs kept trying to appease. And the thing that I've learned from yeah. listening through this, at least per the opinion of the person that's narrating this podcast, is that Montezuma was a giant pussy. He was terrified of being killed. And to his credit, wouldn't we all... But, or in his defense, wouldn't we all? Oh, dude, but, I would totally think that these people with their shiny suits of armor and everything were magical gods. Like I would. So, there's not a doubt in my mind. If somebody showed up like with this advanced form of technology that I'd never seen before, apparently they were not thought to be gods. They just had such superior technology that they were definitely people not to be messed around yeah. with. And Cur- Hernando Cortez is a really fascinating figure. And I've heard there actually might be a television series. In the works, where they've they might have obtained uh, obtained a copyright or, or or trademark or something along those lines. I don't know how I don't know what the, the specific terminology is, but like Javier Bardem and somebody else are in the works with something that could be about the conquest of the Aztecs. I think it would be a perfect for HBO television show. Seriously, there's so much drama and, and just the fascination with two new cultures meeting each other for the first time and having no idea what the other people were about. Which brings us to DJ Swearinger, <laughs> who <laughs> DJ Swearinger, um, who's probably one of the most colorful, unique personalities in the NFL. We had the honor of covering him for a couple years here in Houston before we went off to Tampa, then off to Arizona, and now in Washington. This is the only really interesting news in the NFL as far as I'm concerned today. We could be talking about, oh, hey, Chad Kelly surpassed Paxton Lynch for the quarterback quarterback job in Denver. And now it's just a... it's just a matter of time until he overtakes Case Keenum. That's Those are the stories that people are trying to manufacture. I, I look at my phone this morning and I see I see this exchange that looks so perfectly DJ Swearinger, which is the Jets are having a combined practice. And it seems like this has been going on for like four days. The Jets and Redskins have, have combined practices. But Terrell Pryor, playing wide receiver for the Jets, is uh, going after a ball in the end zone. Washington Redskins defensive back is contesting it, and it's an incomplete pass. So the Washington Redskins DBs go nuts. They're talking all kinds of smack. And then DJ Swearinger kind of comes out of the side of the screen, goes up, and he's yelling something at Terrell Pryor. And then DJ does a quick cock the fist, like kind of like a just like to threaten him a little bit. And Trell Pryor flinches extremely. Oh, like Trell yeah. Pryor looks like he's trying to dodge a an inside pitch. It was a real bad flinch. And now, now people are <laughs> saying that Trell Pryor can't come back. He can't play football again. I'm gonna do this. I might be the one man in America today that will 
stand up and say that people should not be ashamed of flinching. And I say this only because if you grew up with a big brother, there was no like I never had an opportunity to flinch. Mm. It was I've, my brother raised his hand; he was punching me, and I it took me like years to. To, I don't know how many years, like whatever, like being around in high school and everything of like working my way out of that that tendency to but, flinch. You know, you, here's the thing, though. You you do need to flinch. You need to react in some way. If you don't react, like what does that accomplish? Hey, I'm a hardo. I didn't I didn't respond. I got to some cold person cocked. That, right, because if you get cold cocked, you're done. That's right. it. Like so, you're walking up and Trail Pryor's not expecting like anybody to cold cock him at that point. If, I guess the first thing that happens is you look at somebody that's about to cold cock you. If he winds up, I mean, the thing is, first off, get out of the way, and second off, you want to you want to react, you want to respond in a way, shape, or form, which I don't think anyone that hasn't had. Um, mixed martial arts training is going to be good at. You're going to be sloppy and it's going to That's be awkward what, as hell. It's yeah, going to be a bunch Trell, of bros at a frat we, party. Are we supposed to walk around like constantly ready to attack when attacked? Like on the like on the instant when you're not expecting anything at all? Well, uh, thousands of years ago I think we were supposed to. Uh, now, <laughs> now of, like life expectancy was like 17 years. Right, uh, yeah. You could like, have a random... How, how far back are we going here? Like, uh, Are we going back to hunter-gatherer times? Are we going back to... I think a little like, bit after that. I, th- yeah. I think if you're walking around in an ancient city from Mars market to your home or something like that you would probably want to keep an eye out for some random robbers if or you're bandits. on a path yeah, yeah oh, definitely road, on a path. like an old roman road or, or something yeah, someone ar- or or if you're in a city someone around an alleyway that's and then someone coming from behind Do now you know how easy it would have been to get to get away with murder back in the day I mean, just in uh, you get away with it every time, like all the time, right? And, and especially you know how, if you're well connected. And you, if, if you're you know, well connected, I mean that that was pretty much it. It was like, yeah, throw a couple shillings at somebody. Probably pretty easy to get falsely accused of murder. Get, it too. would get really, really easy to be falsely accused. Yeah. By the same token, if you got falsely accused by somebody that had money, yeah. Or like, oh, if the, the oh man, I just. I can't watch some of these things about like what princes must have been able to get away with. Oh Jesus! Yeah, Where they're, like mean, the law of the land. Like your your lord is in charge of everything. So like any of these, any of the royal family or any of the, the really, noble nobility. I think and and my my knowledge of all history is 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 is, is above average. I, I would say like 1400s, 1500s is where probably people started getting actually held accountable for some of the shit they did and obviously ending with the French Revolution, which is when people realized, oh yeah, monarchs are human beings too and they can bleed like us. But kind of like the Middle Ages and Renaissance Middle where you started to have a, a court yeah. system. You're, if you're, From if, Middle Ages to the Renaissance, they started to develop a right. court system. But if you're a peasant, you're screwed. If you're, yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you're a poor person, you're screwed. Basically, be, a no- be born a noble, be born a baron, be born a duke, be born a, 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 a king or a if princess or something. If there's any reason people should study history, it's to truly understand how miserable life was for the vast majority oh, of humans like you don't really, want to go back in time up to until about 50 years ago but even and then really, but now even like worldwide like over the last 20 years it's it's crazy how much better poverty has gotten i mean there's still some extremely impoverished areas but worldwide the number of people that are starving and whatnot mm. has really been reduced drastically that's true uh so here here's what i wonder about 50 years ago Say you go back in time 50 years ago. On one hand, you would be bored as shit. You would not have your phone. You would not have television. You would not be able to occupy yourself during downtimes the way that you normally would. On the other hand, 
you could use all that downtime that you'd have because you're bored with everything to actually read a book or create or to create do things. Yeah. You could if that that's the thing about going back in time. You would be if you were to go back in time and know where history would go. Yeah, you could you could like rewrite history because you would be so bored that you would have <laughs> nothing else to do but that. Well, boredom used to be a much bigger part of your everyday life. And that was like, as a kid, no, it's not. as a kid, I can just remember so many times, like going to visit my dad's house in the winter and there was no TV because he was living in some house he was renovating. And you know, there were, there were no Game Boys or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you had like two books to read that you'd already read and you just spent a whole lot of time creating fun for yourself. And I, I mean, there's a lot of reason to believe that part of that is really healthy that your brain probably oh, should i agree yeah. you should be bored at least a little bit every day just to allow uh, everything to uh, for everything to regenerate the, the, and regroup but we don't do that anymore this is this is one of the things that i feel like you'd have a lot more insight on this is one of the reasons i'm terrified of the idea of having a kid other than you know paying yeah. for them which to me just seems so astronomically expensive it's also i mean how do you raise them effectively where you're not putting them in a place where they are completely away from technology. They're still on top of it enough, but you also limit it at the same time. Because I know when I was growing up, I didn't have any video game consoles. We didn't have cable TV until I was probably in fourth grade. The first video game system I got was an N64 in fifth grade, which was out of date in yeah. literally six months. Um, and it was good because I played with Legos. I played with... I played with Playmobil. Right. I played. I made my Beanie Babies play football against one another and actually created rosters, logos, did play by play and all that shit, which is really kind of bizarre now that I think back That's on it. That's not bizarre at all, though. And That's reading what sports you do. almanacs. Yeah, That's what I did. You work in your imagination and all that. Reading it's, reading sports almanacs was the weird thing that I used to do. I don't know. The only thing is that. I don't want to over. I don't want to wring my hands over something we have no clue where it's going to lead because these kids that are doing all of this electronic stuff are obviously going to be way advanced yeah. beyond anything we can even comprehend. Oh, especially now. Just, I, I, I don't. I don't want to give my phone to a kid because I don't want to realize how <laughs> lost I fucking am. And things are so intuitive with them. And this is actually going to be a good lead into what we're just ta- about to talk about. Um, but things are so intuitive with them. But there is also. Uh, an extreme spike in the suicide rate in the last decade. There is yeah. a rise in depression. I was talking. I've been talking to a lot of neurologists lately, just because I'm I'm trying to learn more about the CTE research and mm-hmm. some of the weaknesses with the CTE research. I'm just trying to learn about all of it. Um, but a couple of them told me just how much they're seeing younger and younger people for memory disorders and all these various neurological disorders. And so much of it's tied to, one, lack of sleep, which we know lack of sleep is just, it kills everything. Mm-hmm. It kills your metabolism. It kills your mental health. It kills your intelligence, all these things. And it's just so tempting to stare at that blue light screen. It really is. Which is reducing your melatonin. So you're like, you're physiologically less able to go to sleep. Not to mention, you're also exciting your brain and you're engaging sometimes in antisocial social media behavior more than to sometimes. two or three in the morning. Mm-hmm. So these teenagers are sleep deprived even more than they used to be. They've always been sleep deprived, but now it's to an extreme extent. And it's while they're having all this negative social pressure on them. And it's just, it's scary as hell. Yeah, it's a lot. It's- so yeah, th- like that's the part for me for the next five years of my daughter's life until she gets through her teenage years. I don't, I don't know what challenges we're going to face, well, but you gotta, you gotta have your head on a swivel. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, for me, I, I I think that it maybe has sped up certain things in terms of just 
how do I how do I how do I phrase this? Because I, I I get where you're saying where yeah, there's all this stuff that you, you, you say say like I just open up my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mindlessly go to number one Instagram, right. number two one of those stupid dating apps, and I will have no idea what I am doing. And then after like ten minutes, I'll put it down. I'm like, what did I do? Like that time where you did just, I go? You just skipped forward in time. And yeah. it and it and it depresses me that this is a reality that now I'm starting to add up. Like, how if I add up all the time that I've done this? What is this actually added up to? You know what can probably way too much time. No, you know what you should get is uh, there are apps that'll monitor how much time you're spending on oh. each device. Well, including just on your iPhone itself, it'll mm. tell you. At it the does end of already. The week. It tells you the amount of time to, or battery power being used by an app at a specific time. I but think. there's one that'll. There are a couple apps that'll tell you exactly like how long you've been on each app, like at the end of the day, and you can yes. set goals yes. for yourself. Yes. I think some of the more extreme ones will actually shut it down for you. Which it's this is the one rule in life. My mom's boss, Bob K. Taught me this when I was a teenager was like this is this engineer who was really successful built this huge company um but he said like for all of for everything he knew about mathematics and his uh, MBA and anything like that by far the biggest thing that people forget to do when they're trying to change a behavior is just to count things like that's all it is is simply counting things like how often a day are you making this mistake like let's count how many mistakes we're making hey look these are the most mistakes we're making let's squash those like before you get sophisticated with anything simple uh, counting that, no you you, 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 you know? aren't you aren't lying and, and one of the things that i've tried to do in my life and i'm extremely hard on myself to a negative degree like i actually see a therapist about it and and for those who don't know i go up and down up and down there have been times where i've wondered if i have any bipolar tendencies it does run in my family but there has there 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 is a tally that i actually have up on the board mm-hmm. and i have it for a bunch of different things that every single day that i want to do did i wake up on time did i exhibit self-respect towards myself in the way that i woke up yeah. ate slept handled my personal business and I have other things too, like, did you read today? Did you play the guitar today? Yeah. Did you unwind for a little but not for too long today? And I I have this, and the only one that I've actually been able to steadily get up is the gym. And, oh, yeah. But right now we are at a point where yesterday... <laughs> you, you're plateauing with the other stuff you're saying? Uh, well, yesterday we, ha- yesterday we had a I just am tired of everything day, yeah. and I ended up playing on my Xbox for about seven hours while listening to podcasts. But I wonder... Just to check out completely from everything. Like, not to try to tear down anything your therapist is doing or anything. No, don't. But I wonder, like, as soon as you start listening off This is what I those, do. Okay. When this, is, this is my own head. This is the problem. I I go way... Right. I overanalyze the shit out of right. everything I okay. do. Okay, because what I would say is, like, when you start to list off all of those things that becomes almost setting yourself up for a, a vicious cycle, like a downward spiral oh, I, of like, okay, it's impossible for you to do all me. those things every day. I, I, I know. So this no, is the, this so is the what, every day. But what there might be is like what we just talked about with sleep. Mm-hmm. Like it might be as simple as the biggest change you can make is just can I get at least a certain amount of sleep every yeah. day? Like, and focus yeah. completely and totally on that. And it's amazing how many other things fall into line. Yeah, you have to do it one thing at a time. You have to do it one thing at a time. And and, and, I, and I've been trying, and we, it's it's an everyday process for anyone out there. I mean, it's always an everyday process. Next yeah. day, try to be better. So, and, <laughs> well, well, hang on. I I, oh, I, yeah, I, I was I wanted to talk. I wanted to toss you where you're coming here because. This is one of these things where I saw you put this in our in our in our Mad Radio show rundown with Mike Meltzer uh, last night, and I look at this and I'm like, what the what the fuck is this? This live streaming. I, there's this video of, of what's Ice his name? Poseidon. Ice Poseidon. Okay, and there's a YouTube trailer of I guess what he does when he's video streaming and outside of going to a gun range, 
going to what looked like a seedy bar and having yeah. a lady like from her mouth put a shot into his mouth yeah. and kissing a guy. The rest of it was just like him like awkwardly moving around, not saying anything funny. Him and- talking to well, and this is what it is. He's a live streamer. He he just live streams like four to eight hours of his life every day, either sitting in front of his computer just talking to his followers, of which he has six hundred thousand on YouTube, or going out and getting content on the street, which includes like awkwardly hitting on women. Like so, that's one of the big things his followers love when he just goes and hits on women and flames out. They love that. He'll go around the streets in one of those big inflatable plastic balls and get harassed by the cops he just does all these different things and i guess he's entertaining enough that people want to follow him and he makes seven hundred thousand dollars a year through endorsements through donations um including wrong people kids that follow him will pay extra to have their comments show up on the screen and it's this i i've never old felt do older you know old, do you know how old he is i think is? he's like in his early 20s um it makes you feel slightly better but i'm I, so confused like i'm saying here, here i'm reading this article in the new yorker about it and it's just blowing my mind like how foreign all of this is to me including Same. the fact that the guys that the people that follow him like want to contribute to the show by creating drama so they'll do things like this is a thing now swatting remember when a guy got killed <laughs> A couple months ago, because a SWAT team had been called to his house, and even though nothing was going on and the cops ended up killing the guy because they thought there was a situation, they'll do this to these live streamers. It's like a prank. Somebody will call like call in a kidnapping scare or something, and the SWAT team will show up at his house. Terrifying. This guy, Ice Poseidon, now has a special like liaison at the LAPD so that whenever anything happens, he can call that person immediately, and they'll explain to the cops on site. Oh, like, man. It's just nuts. He gets like four or five fake pizza orders a day. People come over and just crash at his place, like his different listeners and followers, and it's just this life of complete mayhem, but this is what he does now. It, it's it's so strange that this is, this is where we're at. At is that people are so into watching other people do things, and I suppose that is what this phone gives us, is the ability when we're doing something that we don't want to do to see somebody doing something that we want to do or something that we just don't have the capacity to actually do. But it makes me, and, and I feel the same way as you, Seth, like, First off, I feel like I totally missed the boat on something that could have given me an incredible life. Second off, I feel like I should start doing something now with that, yeah. but I don't know how, and I don't even know what the point is. I mean, my YouTube page, which I, I rarely use, and I'm trying to add stuff to it because we have some issues when it comes to, I think, like saving audio files from the past, and I've thought about uploading some old like segments and random clips that I've done in the past that I can't we can't upload through our own site, but there's some legality issues on that side, which also I don't really know about, but... I have 36 subscribers on YouTube. 36. <laughs> this well, guy's because got... you're not going out and you need to go out and hit on girls and stuff. But see, and but this and, is... that, and you need to do it live. But th- that's that's what I don't like. Should I be doing this on Facebook Live? Like I thought Facebook Live was the thing, but he's doing it on YouTube. Yeah. What's the difference between YouTube and Facebook? I don't even fucking know. I think you could do it, and that's where it's getting Instagram crazy live too. too. Is you can do Facebook Live, you can, you can get sponsored and you get paid for all of those in product placement and through getting paid directly through YouTube. It's just over. It's completely overwhelming. There's so many different things that we try to be on top of from a social media perspective, just being in sports media and everyone that's in media in general. And there are a lot of people that are like, I I think the good thing for you, Seth, is that you at least realize that change is coming and you're open to it. There are a lot of dinosaurs in our industry that aren't much older than you, some of which are younger than you, that have no idea that you have to adapt. 
I know I have to adapt. I don't know how to adapt to this though. Like I, well, I don't there's know. no way, right? And you, you're still young, but it's not like you want not to be young. Ice Poseidon. Yeah, like, exactly. There's no way. Like I'm not going to be Ice Poseidon. I'm not going to be able to find a bunch of 45 year old guys that are like, hey, I'm going to follow <laughs> Seth on YouTube yeah, for right? two hours. Honey, no, I can't. I can't help out. I can't help right now. I got to watch Seth on YouTube for two hours. It's just not going to work out that way. I feel like you could, except that I, I think that where it's going is that. If you're going to be a media personality now, it's a matter of almost always being available, <laughs> like an extreme presence of mind in your followers because it's so competitive for people's attention yeah. and they have so many different outlets that it almost needs to be that like you're there for them every day for several hours a day. And that's it, It's like throughout the day. And that's a commitment and, and you need to have that commitment to build up the following. But that's, that's what but works then, for But then once you get to that point, I mean, like television is still going to be television yeah. for a long time or bigger... Bigger, even if it's not ultimately television, it's still gonna be like, look, ESPN is gonna be streaming to people's eyeballs and yeah, people are always gonna watch and sports eardrums on that, right. and everything. It might not be via traditional television, but it's yeah. gonna be there. But for the most part, building up things. When you talked about earlier, you know, fifty years ago when people were bored, I think the one thing then too was that you had time to sculpt something creative. Like when you created something, you had time to do three or four or five drafts of it. Where now there's such a premium on just spitting out content nonstop that I think maybe a lot of the next great novelists are going to end up being bloggers, and they'll probably make more money blogging. But is it art? You know, are they doing are they doing something as special? And, and I, I like they don't care. I feel for writers too because I wonder I wonder about the future of writing. Yeah. And the people that and, and, and look, everything changes over time. Like music has had so many different things and it's almost like every single version of music is like a response to the music before it. Say you had the the, the, the glamour metal rockers, right afterwards you have grunge. So you go from guys like that are in tights and spandex with long hair to like homeless people. Like, you know, there's always like a follow up. And for writing I feel like now say take a look at an article that was on Grantland or on the ringer for us for sports media and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're long. They're really long. Now on the but ringer, it actually says the length of a read of an article. The like very how top. long it'll take to read. Yeah. And for me, and this is something I've been trying to work on, I cannot for the life of me blog and not turn it into a goddamn odyssey. And it pisses me the well, hell off. That's, that's, what, that's the future of it, though. Right. It's short and concise and being amazing in that short and concise space. And that's that's a challenge. I feel for writers that you used to have space to like kind of spread everything out. I don't know out. about that, though, because I, I think there's any place. Look, you can have long form. You're not going to make as much money on it. I would say that the the real tragedy, if you want to call it a tragedy, is that there's no place for editors anymore. Because those yeah, long, right. rambling pieces <laughs> shouldn't be as long as they are. Those are rambling pieces. Like, it used to be, if you're going to write 4,000 words in Sports Illustrated, that was a damn fine piece of writing. You know, yeah. and it was like, it was 10,000 words whittled down to 4,000 words. Where now, it's like, ah, I smoked half a joint and wrote for three hours. Here you go. Slap it on the web, bitches. You know, and it's, it's just not the same thing. So we you and I were talking before all this when we started, when we first learned of Ice Poseidon about how if this is the future of media, or at least this is one avenue that people can make money in media, I am surprised that there aren't more athletes doing just this. Like I think there are a lot of guys that are active on Instagram or Twitter. Or Facebook. Or Facebook, or maybe they'll put videos out. But I think there are guys that that if you if they live streamed for like three hours a day the entire off season, they would 
bank. Yes. Like in bank hardcore. Oh, 100%. And I think Rob Gronkowski might be the king of them all. I, I, I think Gronk would do okay. I, I think that Gronk would do well because of his name brand more than anything. I think if you're looking for anyone on the Patriots, I think Julian Edelman would be the guy. Now, there's a, there's a shady situation that took place with him back like on a Halloween where there may or may not have been sexual assault going on. I know he was Was, she, was it alleged? Or what? It was some yeah, alleged. I mean, did she I actually he, press charges? I think he was alleged to have da- to have groped someone at a dance at a dance party or something like that. Oh, okay. I remember it was an issue for a little bit, and honestly, off the top of my head, I don't remember all the specifics. If you want, I can look them up. But what I do know is that there was also like a Snapchat photo where someone like took a picture of passed out a girl, right, took a picture right. of passed out Julian Edelman in a bed. I feel like Julian Edelman would have one of those low-key, if he's single, assuming he's single, I don't even know about that right now, but I feel like Julian Edelman would be the best bang for your buck with live streaming. I feel yeah. like Gronk, it's like an hour of, yeah, you're at a party, woo, beer, yeah, and then it's like, all right, well, I'm done. I want new, fresh experiences. I think I get that with Edelman every time. Well, you want conversations, too, because I think that Ice Poseidon will have pretty good conversations with people while he's just hanging out. I don't know if you get that with Gronk no, yet. I don't think so. Gronk, though, there'd be a certain factor of like, holy crap, was that Ice Cube? You know, the, whoa, wow, who's that he's hanging out with? And you wouldn't know. True. And then you'd, like, you'd be telling him, like, Gronk, get back to that it's side like, of the it's party. Like a, it's a YouTube version of Coachella where you have no idea what's going to actually show up, and then all of a sudden it does. By the way, I'm going to Coachella next year. I can't wait. Oh, oh really? Yeah, but the so problem excited. with that, too, is that somebody like Gronk, Gronk can't be walking around in the company he's hanging out with and be known as the guy that, like, oh, there's Gronk, great, I'm on camera. You know, and that's <laughs> right. the only thing that bothers me about this Ice Poseidon and all these guys is that they're just anonymous. He's broadcasting. It's one thing if you're just taking pictures of something or somebody and putting it on, on Instagram and you're just a normal person. He's broadcasting random people who have no idea they're about to be broadcast out to 500,000 people. You know, there's no rules for that, like, though. Right, like in television, you got to get somebody's release and everything before radio. you do all this. Radio, you have to do the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I could go around a bar, but I would have to. You have to ask, do you mind being on the radio before, in some way, shape, or form? So this guy, so is there? It's just completely unregulated. So anybody can just be streaming live, and it's just going out to five hundred thousand people. Wild West, man. So, oh geez, now I'm now I'm getting freaked out again. Yeah, I gotta just, just settle down. That settle the demons. <laughs> settle the demons. Okay, the other guys I thought were. Um, J.J. Watt would be, I think a lot of people know exactly how it would look, and I think it would be really interesting. It would be more produced looking, though. It yes. would be, I think you'd see J.J.'s it's, workouts, you'd see his charity appearances. I don't think you're going to find J.J. like, J.J.'s not going to, J.J.'s not going to have his stream on, like, while he's bitching about the neighbor's dog crapping in his it's, yard. It's not, it's not entertainment as much as it's motivation, I feel, yeah. like, J.J. Watt. Like, the, hey, these are the kind of things that you can be doing, you just have to put your mind to it. It's yeah. like positive messaging, positive reinforcements through a role model slash demigod-esque figure. No, you said, see, I said Antonio Brown. Well, he did you, it on Facebook Live. I feel like that wasn't very good. And honestly, when he was I, in the post-game when he was in the post-game, because that's, yeah. that's the one time I can really remember Facebook. Facebook Live for an NFL player actually being a headline of sorts. Honestly, I, Antonio Brown off the field is annoying me. I don't really want to deal with more Antonio Brown. On the field, I want to see all Antonio Brown. But Give that annoyingness off the field is what ex- exactly what would make him a reality star. Mm. You're like, do you watch the Kardashians and think like, oh, those they're awesome. <laughs> like, no, it's all it's their annoyingness and the drama and I, everything that sets it off. Not going to lie, over the last month, I've been introduced to The Bachelor. I watched The Bachelor in Paradise for the first time last night, and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by how in, into it I am. I talk shit 
shit about the show the entire way through and then it frustrate the other people that I'm watching the show with. But Oh, you got to be careful about that. But, I learned but, that with Melrose Place in college. But, uh, but, yeah, but, but no, you got to be careful about talking smack about the show they love while you're watching but they, it. I feel like they can tell I'm enjoying it. I'm just a hater. Yeah, but you're a distraction though too. Yeah, that's if you're, true. Paul, how's it feel when you're watch, you're trying to watch a game and somebody is in your ear, maybe it's a girl you just started dating and she won't stop talking? I'm actually cool with that. Uh, you are? I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it if it was a game. If it was Game of Thrones, though, I'd be like, no, get, that yeah. <laughs> get out of the room. No, I learned that in college. Like, I, I was watching Melrose Place, and I was, you know, the, the whole first time, I was like, this is stupid. This is stupid. This is dumb. I can't believe you guys watched that. And uh, it didn't it didn't go well for me oh, afterwards. That's no but I learned the lesson. Um, um, I, I, I had a couple of names that I feel like would be fun. Okay, so think about Laurent Duvernay Tardif. The, so doctor, met, the doctor offensive lineman from Kansas City. I would love to see firsthand what someone going through medical school uh-huh. or as an intern he'd be a, a resident now if that's what he was going to do because he graduated I, medical school i would that, that's i would want to see in, him at a at a hospital yeah. working getting yelled at by residents are or, you an intern first you're an intern I, and then I, a resident i think i think you're an intern and when you're first an intern you you're really getting the treatment right right yeah i think well, so he can't he's not gonna be able to do this until he's done playing Th- this is true football right but say he was doing this during the off season yeah i would i would watch this i would be amused by him getting imagine like a doctor yelling at this giant six foot six like 300 oh, pound guy and you know some of those doctors would relish it oh no, some of those definitely. guys it would just think like nervous. I'm going to take life. down the big guy. Yeah. yeah I'm going to show him a thing or yeah. two <laughs> about what it means to doctor. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I think, would be an interesting one because he's very under, he's very unassuming when you look at him. But remember, this is a guy who obviously had the incident in Milledgeville, Georgia. This is a, a guy who I feel like probably hangs out with seedy people when he is not in front of a camera. This is a guy who once allegedly flipped off a TV van because he was riding a motorcycle on the highway yeah. and they started filming him. I feel like Ben Roethlisberger off the field is like an overweight bike gang member with like a seedy supporting cast and you would see a weird underworld with him the supporting cast would be big with him i can't see him like actually holding somebody's attention even because i'm watching jay uh very cavallari with chris and cavallari and jay formerly cutler cavallari and uh like he's funny he's very very witty but it's a very dry sense of humor and i i couldn't see him holding the whole, whole show. show so it'd have to be about Roethlisberger and all his, his buddies entra- i think his, his entourage yeah yeah which you're exactly right he might have some characters he used to go through um up in my wife's family's area in western new york where there's a whole lot of snowmobiling and a bunch of snowmobiling trails and everything every now and then like Roethlisberger or Jim Kelly or somebody else would show up like in these little diners out in the middle of nowhere because they're out snowmobiling, you know, like 120 miles yeah. from Buffalo. Yeah, just just, uh, just passing through. One of one of my good friends because I went to school up at Syracuse and uh, one of my good friends from Bing Binghamton always yeah. was trying to get me to go out snowmobiling with him and I refused to. He when we were in college, he had this awesome car. It was an, it was a, for 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 us in college, like for someone that had an Audi. It was like a brand new Audi's black, beautiful car. Yeah. It was an A4. And he would drive it donuts around in the grocery store parking lots. We'd oh, go a rich, like, rich kid. We'd go at like at nine o'clock. I, I don't know if he was rich because he bought he bought this himself used for ten thousand oh, dollars. Drove okay. it up from Florida. It was like it, it was old. It was like an 04 Audi, but yeah. it was a really nice car. And he always wanted me to go snowmobiling with him. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Steve, no, absolutely not. Because he's crazy. He's, he, yeah. he, and it's funny because you would never expect him to be this crazy. But when it comes to all that stuff, like cars and outdoor shit, I'm just like, oh. is he Is he dead? 
No, he's still, he's still no. alive. Good job, no, Steve. No, I actually just uh, just uh, visited him in uh, New York City uh, a couple of weeks ago. He surprised his girlfriend from college, uh, who uh, I like to think I played a little bit of a part in, where they met at a frat party that I was at, and they were making out, and I went up to Steve after after she had left. I was like, yeah, it goes hot. Nine years, <laughs> later, nine years later, he popped the question, so they're going to get married you, in the next year. You put that seed into his head. Oh, yeah. Good job. Yeah. We were going to, look, we're going to talk about uh, a couple men's health type topics today but i've frankly i've run out of time so we'll save those we'll table those for later on hopefully there will be more actual nfl news next week but i do enjoy talking to you about world history and uh and ice poseidon i I, I, watch ice poseidon everybody sign up be a (laughs) subscriber go swat him i feel like he should give you some royalties for this this is a lot of free publicity for ice poseidon i'm terrified now that i've talked about ice poseidon i feel like a bunch of his followers are going to come after me yeah yeah hey hey ice poseidon (laughs) this is what this clown seth payne was saying about you and then they're going to swat me yeah, or send me pizza or oh, something. Oh, yikes. Uh, yeah. the, the concept of getting swatted swatted is terrifying. Because <laughs> I feel like, uh, since, as someone who walks around his house naked all the time, I don't want to die naked. I feel like it would be very embarrassing just to Everybody, get shot the hell out of naked. The biggest mistake he makes, I guess it's not a mistake because he wants people to come over to his house. Is Everybody knows his address and everything and where he lives. He Oh, real quick. Bold. One of the parts of this story, he walks into a restaurant and immediately... His followers, who I guess his fans, start like plastering, calling the restaurant, saying there's an emergency, calling the restaurant, saying that Ice Poseidon is a pedophile and a sex offender. Or, and this is the crazy, like weird part that I just don't get, giving negative Yelp reviews to that restaurant. So, like, Ice Poseidon, just by walking into the restaurant, is hurting this company's business and like and there's kids out there at their computers or on their phones or whatever that just think it's hilarious so like it's, ah let's destroy this so life is so so it's an interactive prank it's 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 like a combination the more that i think about it now i feel like i'm starting to understand it it's sort of like punked but it's an interactive version of punk that's happening in real time and he is sometimes the subject of the punking and sometimes he is doing the punking and it's the unpredictable this, nature of it I suppose would give a lot of a rewatch factor to it, it. It's almost this whole online culture that I still don't quite get of like trolling which is different but it's different than an extreme troll who lives just to anger people it's almost just like Hey, yeah, of course, we're trolling. That's fun, right? Yeah, I'm just messing with you. Like, I'm just destroying your life. Ah, and kids, like, kids just not getting the real world not, consequences. Well, they're not attached to it. And, this, and yeah. it's, so, it's so easy to say anything, to do anything online, and not actually face the face to face repercussions that you're supposed to face when you say certain things. Oh, it's a, it's a brave new world, Poglon. I don't know if I'm. <laughs> built for it so everybody <laughs> i'm not michael lombardi this thursday all the way through the super bowl that's going to be a whole lot of fun uh on wednesdays sean pendergast and i recap the reality sports world so those right have now, been fun yeah right now we're doing hard knocks and we're also doing very cavalry and uh really appreciate it buddy thanks have man a, have a good afternoon of checking off your boxes of mental health oh jesus get some sleep <laughs> yeah that's what i need more than anything Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.